Hey there, Benoa here, and I'm so excited to welcome you to the Business of Everyday podcast. My earnest desire is that our time together each week would encourage, inspire, and equip you to live each day of your life graciously to the glory of God. Happy Resurrection Sunday, friends. If I ask you what this whole season has been for you, what would you say? You know, this season has really been reflective for me. The Lord would not abandon his people because that would dishonor his great name. For it has pleased the Lord to make you his very own people. 1 Samuel 12, 22. The other day I was on the YouVersion Bible app going through my one-week devotional plan focused on Easter. Then I get to Luke 23 and something catches my attention. That is from verse 32. And it's about the two men crucified along with Jesus. One of the criminals hanging beside him scoffed. So you are the Messiah, are you? Prove it by saving yourself and ask to while you're at it. But the other criminal protested. Don't you fear God even when you have been sentenced to die? We deserve to die for our crimes, but this man hasn't done anything wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus replied, I assure you, today you will be with me in paradise. That is Luke 23, 39-43. You know, it is really about what the criminal who obtained mercy from Jesus said that caught my attention. Because... <laughs> That's my life and the life of anyone who now is a believer of our Lord Jesus Christ. That is our story. (laughs) And for you who hasn't even accepted Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior, this is your story too. The criminals that were crucified along with Jesus, their story reminds me that it was us. It was supposed to be us. We deserve to die, but Jesus stepped in for us. So this criminal said to the other, Don't you fear God, even when you have been sentenced to die? We deserve to die for our crimes, but this man hasn't done anything wrong. This man hasn't done anything wrong. This man hasn't done anything wrong. In fact, Jesus did nothing wrong. This reminds me of the wonderful fellowship I have with God made possible through Jesus' sacrifice. The limitless life I have access to in God through Jesus. Resurrection Sunday reminds me that anything dead can come back to life through the power that raised Jesus from the dead. So once I was dead to sin, but his grace and mercy paved the way for me to know the Father intimately by placing my faith in Christ Jesus. I am reminded that nothing God has placed in me should die when the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of me. That same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, if that same Spirit resides in me, then nothing God places in me should die. I'm eternally grateful for Jesus. Like, where would I be without him? 
So I had a brief engagement with my friends Emmanuel and Gideon on different days about the death and resurrection of Christ Jesus and whatever they said points to the same thing. Emmanuel speaks. So we are in the Easter season right now. Mm -hmm. So I just want to ask you, Ima, what is the essence or what does the death of Christ and the resurrection mean to you personally? Okay. <laughs> so the death and the resurrection of Christ simply defines my being. It is what gives meaning to my life mm -hmm. because without his death and his resurrection, I wouldn't have gotten the privilege to be made alive in God, I would have been dead in my sins. So it is through his death and resurrection that my life has gotten some meaning mm. and that I'm also alive in God. So that is uh, simply what Easter means to me. Mm. Yes. And what influence does that have on you? Okay, it makes me acknowledge that I have no power on my own. I need to yield to God because he is the source of my life. He is the one who paid for my salvation. And so I don't live for myself. Mm. I have to live for the one who died for me. Mm. Make sure everything I do pleases him and I bring him glory. Wonderful. Yes. That's beautiful. Thank you so much, Emmanuel. AEC all day. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for, for this and... We pray that God will continually like help us yield to him, even as he walks us through the different phases of our lives and we live life to bring him glory. Thank you so much and God bless you. Amen. And now Gideon. So when we talk about the death and resurrection of Jesus, as we are in this Easter period, what does it mean to you personally? For me, when you, when you talk about the death and resurrection of Jesus mm. Christ, it means so much to me. It means it is the day I was actually born. Mm. Because that's my real birthday. Mm. It's not really about the year, but it's really about the period. Mm. Because the life I have now was built on the day of Easter. Right. The day Jesus decided to, to die for mankind. Mm. Because anything could have happened the night before the Friday mm. that he will say that, okay, I'm tired and I'm not going to let your will be done. It's mm. tough. And mm. these people, they are wicked. Mm. They don't they don't deserve a love. Let's just kill them and create new sets of human beings. But mm. God decided not to go in that direction. Mm. So it's a time of love. It's a time of experiencing God's kindness and God's mercy. Mm. For me, the part of Easter that makes it so wonderful for me is the resurrection. Mm. It, that, it just doesn't give me hope that I have not put my faith in a dead savior, mm. in a dead man, mm. in a man who doesn't even know what is happening now. Right. But I know he's resurrected and I also have the hope of resurrection. Yeah. But what hits me the most is when the ladies went to the tomb and they told them, he is risen. Why do you search for the living among the among dead? Among the dead. Yeah. And that is what has always been on my heart anytime I think of Easter. Hmm that I will never search for the living among the dead mm. because the living only lives amongst the living. If you are looking for Jesus today, you will find him with us mm. because he lives amongst the living and not amongst the dead. Right. If you are looking for solutions for the world, it's amongst the living, it's mm. not amongst the dead. Mm. If you are looking for anything, it's amongst the living. Anything life, anything that will bring life, mm. anything that brings solution, mm. 
is among the living and not amongst the dead. Yeah. So when people are looking for life and meaning to life and they are drinking it at the bar and they are drinking it with all sorts of people, they should know that they are looking for life or looking for the living amongst the dead. Mm. And that is not where they will find it. But when they come amongst the living, they will find life, they will find the living. And for yeah. me, that's, that's, that's basically what Easter mm. is about. Yeah, that's, that's so true. So do you think that what we are doing right now, especially in the Easter period, do you really think that the real essence of, of Easter is felt or comes to bear during this period? Usually like what we see around, even in church. And I mean, it's a holiday period for everyone. And yeah. even people who do not believe in Jesus enjoy the season. Yeah. But do you think that we are really living out you know, what this season is representing in our lives as believers. Some are, mm. but it's not impressive. Okay. It's, it's not impressive when you look at it generally. Mm. Because, I mean, this is the period that Christianity was born. This is what silence and differentiate Jesus from any other prophet that has lived on this land. Mm. And it is a time for us to really reflect yeah, I mean, we make merry. Merry mm. is part of fellowship. Yeah. We can merry, yeah. make merry and fellowship with your brothers and sisters in Christ. Because anyway, Jesus taught us that he also married before he went to the cross. Mm. He had the, the, the last the supper. supper. Yeah. yeah. So the communion is there. Mm. I mean, he's, it's fellowship. So we can, yes, fellowship and all, but... When the essence, the, and I feel the essence is being is is being lost now. People mm-hmm. go to the beach, they don't do morning devotion even before they take their kids. <laughs> tell them that this is the reason why we are celebrating Easter. Easter yeah. We are having this communion because Jesus had a communion with his disciples, and this our way of having communion. We want to go to the beach, and mm. uh, play together, and then eat together. And that's our communion. That's our way of fellowship. They don't teach them that, so they also grow up thinking that Easter. It's a secular holiday for us to enjoy and chill. Mm. Yeah. I think the the essence has been has been lost. Watered down. It has been watered yeah. down. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's the right way. It mm. has been watered down. You know, um, yesterday I was having a conversation with a friend, and we were talking about this Easter um, whole celebration and and things. And I, I I mentioned a video that was circulating some time ago, and. It was like the guy was Jesus and he had to go through all the things that Jesus um, went through, you know, from carrying the cross to all the things that, you know, I think, was it this morning or yesterday that I was listening to the audio Bible on, you know, the whole thing and, hey, at a point they said that they slapped, like they slapped his face from behind. I'm like, hey, imagine, just look at the hand that is slapping him like that. And back to the video, this guy says he's portraying jesus and a guy received like three lashes and he said he won't do again (laughs) (laughs) the guy released like he they just flogged him like two or three the guy bore he says you won't do jesus again (laughs) and like it just brought me to a point of reflection i was like what if jesus said that i won't do again exactly and you see sometimes we underestimate what Jesus has done. If you've gone to commit some sin or you've gone to steal something and then they are beating you, sometimes you you take consolation in the fact that you've actually done the thing. But here's the case that this man knew nothing 
about what he was being flogged about. And he was just saying less he like he was innocent. Nothing of that sort. And just because he he wanted to snatch us from the hands of death, from the hands of you know darkness and reconcile us back to God, he went through all these things and he did it all for us. He had the power to say no. He had the power to say no. I, I know one funny thing that you see throughout his communication with the with the father. Mm. The Bible says God is love. Right. God is love because the father loves the son. The mm. son loves the father. Mm. The father loves the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit loves the mm. father. The, fa- the son loves the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit loves the son. Yeah. So they together, they are the embodiment of, of love. love. Yeah. Now, not even for one second, in the history of this world, has the Father ever forsaken the Spirit or forsaken the Son? Mm. But for the sake of mankind, yes, He forsook His Son. It's mm. like your your mother choosing a stranger over you, right? And that is how you. And it has mm. never happened mm. in the history mm. of this world. Mm. But on that day on the cross, His Father forsook Him, mm. and He looked up and said, "Why have you forsaken mm. me?" And you know, the Father did not make this uh, reply with this comment as you will see in scripture but his silence meant i love these people yeah and you see when his father equally got angry and the earth was shaking and things were tearing apart and all that he equally said to his father these people forgive them for they do not know what they are doing Mm. so you could tell that even when Jesus was angry, mm. the father was able to console him and say, I love them. <laughs> when the father also get angry, Jesus would console him. Yeah. He says, it's a back and forth. Yeah. Even on that day, mm. the decision was very difficult. Mm. But it's the love they have yeah. for, for, for the human, for the human yeah. race. Yeah. I think it's something we should not take lightly. Mm-hmm. No one mm-hmm. will die for, mm-hmm. will die for mm-hmm. us. Except... Yeah. yeah. That's so true. You know, you, when you mentioned um, the father forsaking the son, and this um, it came to my mind, like, Bible says that he became sin. Yeah. Jesus literally became sin. Yeah. Like, yeah. Jesus became sin. Yeah. He was not, he was not a, pon- uh, a porn star. He mm. became pornography he be- yes. itself. That's the thing. Thank you for that. Yeah. So, the father sees him, and he's not seeing the son. He's seeing sin. And so at that point, God is forsaking that thing so that mm. in the end, he can bring all of us back through what he's doing. He can mm. bring all of us back to him. And I think this is this is such a great sacrifice that Jesus did for us that we should be able to take this time to reflect and actually come to the point of saying that all of these things that Jesus did for me, am I living up to expectation? Mm. Am I living for his glory? What am I doing with my life? The life that Jesus had to go through all of this to the point where he had to become sin. Hey, to become sin for his father to forsake him. And I'm living my life anyhow. (laughs) I'm living my life just anyhow. How am I supposed to live my life? I think we should use this point to, if we do not know how to live our lives, this is just a perfect time to just go to God and ask him. Like, God, I have come. Just show me who I am in you so that I can live that out. Because Jesus cannot go through all that he did just for for nothing. No, it cannot happen like that. And so let's use this period as a a point to 
reflect and go back to God. If you do not know what he's brought you here to do, he's always available and he's ready to listen and reveal to us. I think someone said that God is much more like willing and he's much more interested in revealing who you are to you more than even you, how you are willing to know it. And so once we go before him, he will show us so that Charlie, this death Jesus died. It shouldn't be in vain. No, it shouldn't be in vain. Our lives are too precious. Like, it's too precious to waste away. Our lives are too precious to waste away. Jesus, if we didn't mean anything, God wouldn't have brought his only son. Mm. No, he wouldn't have made Jesus go through all that. Mm. At that point where Jesus had to pray till his sweat turned to blood, he could have just, you know, said, okay, let me just... If we weren't important... He would have just let all those things go. But for you and my sake, there's something. Bible says that there's a treasure in in earthly vessels. There's this treasure in us that God couldn't just let us go down the drain like that. He had to bring us back by the death of his son. And so let's use this period as an opportunity to, to get back to God get back with God if we have missed it the good news is that he's he's always available for us it is not now that the sins that we've committed is going to take him by surprise in fact mm-hmm. Jesus has already died for the sins that even in the future we are going to commit mm-hmm. and so let us just come to him as we are he has something good for us and that is what he's going to reveal to us for us to live according to the plan that he has for us so really it's about the resurrection of Jesus Christ and what his resurrection has um, done for us or has enabled us to do. So let us reflect on this. So I wrote this piece five to six years ago and posted on Resurrection Sunday. The name I gave to it was Good News from the Graveyard. And even now, it still holds because that is it. The Resurrection Sunday good news from the graveyard. I pray it blesses you. Easter. So what exactly is Easter? Generally, it is often a busy period of celebrations for Christians and to an extent, even unbelievers. And as part of the celebrations are mega crusades and rallies and conventions and church services and even parties. In these services, we often see worshippers in a sober mood and it's amazing how most of these same worshippers are the perpetrators of every kind of sin that Jesus Christ died for. And for the same reason, our beloved country remains underdeveloped. Sorry, but not sorry, the truth must be said. You see, when your lifestyle as a Christian is motivating unbelievers to stay in their unbelief rather than causing them to question their disbelief in God, then there's a problem. For a while now, I keep asking myself if the mountainous eastern part of Ghana is the new Calvary. I mean, is Jesus going to carry the cross to the Kweu Mountains for crucifixion or the tomb where he laid suddenly will be relocated there? If so, let them fill us in so we troop there to give him some moral support. Because all I see now is that yeah and one Kweu Kweu. <laughs> what a joke. My point exactly is that at a time when humanity was being flushed out never to gain sanity because we had gone too deep in sin and we couldn't even be differentiated from it. It took just one man to bring us back on track. To save humanity, so many rituals and sacrifices were made, but it could never suffice. 
because we had been flashed too deep down the bottomless pit of sin and all we deserved was death. But there was one who loved us even when we couldn't love ourselves anymore and was willing to die in our place. He placed upon himself the curse of unworthy souls so we would live. And he, following that deliberate and well thought out plan of God, was betrayed by men who took the laws into their hands as if they were saints. His glory stripped off to make mockery of him. He was rejected for his started garments, not his personality, not once, not twice, but as many times as he was encountered in every vicinity. He was scrutinized for he had no apparel of royalty. So delusional. With eyes but no sight, blinded by the God of this age, we were robbed of seeing the God in him. He was judged for humility, hated for sincerity, envied for capability, but he marveled at his inability to deceive, his ability to cast out demons and his operations outside normality. But through it all, he was not discouraged in his quest to save humanity, so he followed through to lead us into eternity, becoming a bridge on which we could walk boldly to the Father. He saved us to become brand ambassadors in a perverse world, but to do this he had to go through hell, and they thought he was going too far, for the battles he fought was endless. He got bruised but endured as though they were painless and those same bruises brought us healing. So he laid down his beautiful crown and picked up the humiliating position of a servant and died a criminal's death just for us. And on the cross he exclaimed, it is finished, nothing left for this body of flesh to do. I have successfully completed what I started, the debt is fully paid, the assignment finished, salvation assured for whoever repents of their sin and believe with their heart and confess with their mouth that I am Lord. Then Jesus gave up his spirit. He willingly did, for he is God and no man or army of men or Satan himself could have taken it away from him if he had not let go. His only crime was loving us. Christ selflessly gave up his life for us. So why die needlessly in the name of some chilling or having fun? His death must never be in vain. No, it must never be in vain. He died so we might live. God separated from the Father that we might be reconciled. He was forsaken for us to be accepted. He endured the Father's wrath so we'll never be alone. He paid it all, Jesus, paid it all. There is nothing more to be done. But now so many things undermine the very essence of Easter. Christians should use Easter as a period of forgiveness and reconciliation, a time to do whatever it is that is necessary to ensure peace, a time to give to the needy, and a time to protect the vulnerable. It must be a time for sober reflection on our personal lives, Christian or not. It is time to examine our shortcomings and resolve to chart new paths that will culminate in nation building. You see, growing up, there were stories about great men and women doing extraordinary things for their nations and the people they loved. Among them were religious leaders who could even raise people from the dead. There was one who actually asked permission to go grab the keys of death, and until now, nothing has been heard of him. So I keep asking myself if the keys are missing or the seeker is the one rather missing. But when Mary Magdalene went to the cemetery to check on her dead master, she was full of sorrow. And that is normal. I mean, who goes to the cemetery full of laughter? But suddenly, all the pain and sorrow in her heart disappeared when Jesus, the risen King, appeared unto her. So Mary went and proclaimed the good news from the graveyard to the disciples as she was asked. But they didn't believe until the resurrected Christ encountered them. This same good news from the graveyard I proclaim unto you. There are chances that you wouldn't believe, but I'll take that chance. So the good news is that the chains have been broken, that the captives have been set free, that the impenetrable glass ceilings have been shattered in pieces, that he conquered death and now holds the keys to death because death was no match for him. Jesus Christ is risen and is offering a new life to all who will accept him as Lord and Savior. Would you accept him now? 
it is my prayer that you would encounter the resurrected Jesus Christ. Because in him is life, and that life is the light of all men. You've got to act, and that must be now. Thanks for listening today. I hope this has inspired you. If you haven't already, please consider subscribing to the podcast so you do not miss an episode. I hope to meet you again next week right here on the Business of Everyday podcast. See you.